goddamn right I'm excited. I mean, this is what, people, this is what it is. This is why I say March Madness is the best. And I'm talking about the best. And I'm not even sure when this shit will be replaced. The best sporting event there has ever been. Shout out to March Madness. But people, like, y'all got to start doing y'all research. It's not even research at this point. Just start watching college basketball. Start watching women's basketball, too. I know we got to do that a little bit more. We got to support them a little bit better because... Jesus Lord, like the shit that they're going through over there doesn't make any sense. During Women's Month, on top of the past couple of years, we've been pushing for equality for women in general. Been seeing it in movies. We've been hearing it in in, in music, sports, et cetera, et cetera. We got to start supporting them a little bit more. I'm working on that myself. But let's get to the men's. I am not only surprised, but I am pleased i'm excited because this is what march madness is about as y'all know i'm a ucla fan i follow my team every year i check out the prospects who they're looking at who we actually uh pass out scholarships to who we sign every year you know what i mean and most of these cats are from the. and when i say the city i don't mean la in general because i'm from la but when I say the city, I mean, it could be the Inland Empire. You know what I mean? It could be San Bernardino District. It could be the L.A. District. You know what I mean? It could be San Fernando Valley. All over. You know what I mean? Like Kawhi Leonard is from the Inland Empire. Paul George is over there. Um, what's that city over there called? I can't even think of it right now. Far over there, though. It's way over, two hours away from L.A., you know what I mean? And then you got, like I said, a lot of these cats come from the Inland Empire. And what a lot of people don't know, that's like Rancho, Rancho Cucamonga, um, Ontario, Riverside, Corona, Fontana. That's the Inland Empire. You know what I mean? I think Marietta. Is Marietta Inland I don't know. Um, anyhow, it's, it's the Inland Empire is a section that's outside of the city outside of LA it's where it, to me is where a lot of LA people move to, 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 you know, not build a family, but they, to get away from the, the, the inner city, because there's a lot, lot going on, traffic, gangs, shit like that over here in the city. Um, you know, some nice, nice, nice spots. You know, how you know how big California is, let alone, you know, Southern California, but these kids are spread it out, man, all over the goddamn place. Anyhow, that's besides the point. UCLA has been pretty, during the regular season, has been pretty, like, mediocre, average, at best. You know what I mean? And they've gotten some some solid recruits, you know, within the past, you know, two, three years. You know, the Cody Rileys, the Jalen Hills, and, you know, recently we got the, the transfer, um, with, with Juzang from, uh, and he came from Kentucky. You know what I mean, but Jaime, Jaime, Jaime is is that he got hard. You know, it, we gotta have Jaime and we gotta have Juzang on the court at the same time. You know what I mean? That's our best offensive players on the roster, and Jaime got game. You know what I mean? Um, 
I'm pleased, man. You know, and 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 the main reason is because and shout out to USC too. I so this is the thing. It's almost kind of like it's almost kind of like the Lakers and the Clippers. You know, with all jokes aside, the Clippers, you know, they had their they they've had their ups and their downs throughout their whole franchise. You know what I mean? And 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 I think some of their best teams, I mean, I remember when Vinny uh, Dale Negro was coaching the, the Clippers, and they, they had a buzz in the city. You know what I mean? Then when Doc came, they had a buzz in the city. You know what I mean? And now they still have a buzz in the city, even though it's been overshadowed by some of the moves that have been made in the Eastern Conference. But the Clippers have been up and down, and they've been exciting some years, and the the, the butt of the jokes for most of the you know, of their franchise. But they've always had solid players that arguably everybody in the city respected. You know what I mean? But we'd still make fun of them because when they did go on their highs, they felt like they were acting like we don't know who they used to be or where they're still headed because they could never get over the hump. You know what I mean? But it's still love, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's, don't get me wrong, and I'm and I'm a Laker fan, and and, and Laker, all of us are related, and we can't help who we're related to. And some of our Laker fans is like, nah, they they if they die, they die. I'll never show them love and stuff like that. I don't really look at it that way because it's never really been a rivalry. You know what I mean? We've never went back and forth in the playoffs. You know what I mean? They've never stopped us from getting a championship, and that's just it. You know, what I mean? and the Lakers will forever run the city of uh, Los Angeles. So when you look at UCLA and you look at the USC rivalry, that's strictly just university versus university rivalry. But what a lot of people don't understand is that a lot plays into that. Where UCLA is at, where USC is at. USC is in South Central. uh, UCLA is in Westwood. Two totally different worlds. Not too far from each other, though. Not too far from each other. I mean, it's not like Tobacco Road. I'm not sure if they're that close to each other. But, you know, without L.A. traffic, you can get to Westwood within about 10, 10 minutes or so, maybe less. You know, somewhere between 10 and 15 minutes, you can get to Westwood. You know, the difference is USC is a private university, which you just cannot walk on their, on their campus at, at all. You can go hoop on the backcourt on Figueroa, and there's some real hoopers over there. They have some fire parties, but you just can't walk onto USC campus. It's a private university that's in the middle of South Central. Whereas Westwood is is not, it's a public university. 70, 60 to 70% agents go there. Uh, but the university is like a whole different, like it's a whole city itself. Now, what's in the city of Westwood, which is next to Bel Air, uh, Beverly Hills, Brentwood, places like that. You know, not too far from Culver City, not too far from Santa Monica, uh, Century City. Beautiful area. Beautiful. And you can walk onto campus Every day, anytime. I have clients that I take that stayed around the corner from them. Um, we used to eat lunch at UCLA all the time. On Saturdays, those infamous UCLA runs that people might know about outside of California where Brian McKnight would be up there. You might catch some other celebrities. There's a lot of celebrities that go up there, and you might catch them on a Saturday morning. Those Saturday morning hoops at UCLA go, and you got they go about... I would say we get there about, what, 10 or 11 or something like that? You got to get a sponsor to walk in. Basically, a sponsor is a cat that actually go to the school. And once you get in, you go hoop. They shut it down for a minute. I think it was like $5, and they bumped it up to 10 because people were stealing other people's items. Can't bring the hood everywhere. 
Anyhow, I'm just breaking down the difference between UCLA and USC. UCLA, uh, USC football has basically ran the Pac-12 besides the Oregons. You know what I mean? Uh, basically, that when, when you talk about Pac-12 football, USC is going to be there. Pac-10, Pac-12, whatever you want to call it. They're going to be there next to Oregon. Um, but when you talk about Pac-12 basketball, you got UCLA, you got Arizona. Um, you got Arizona State be up there sometimes. You got you got the Oregons up there. You got And look at Oregon State. Look at Oregon State. We got a lot of Pac-12 teams in the tournament this year. But I'm saying overall, you know what I'm saying? Like USC was like the Clippers of the Pac-12. No lie. And they've had some great players. You know, shout out to the Craven Twins back in the 90s. But they just never, they never really got, they was never really a threat. You know what I mean? Where you, UCLA, even though our last championship was in 95, um, we've been to the championships. Uh, we've been to the national championship before or after that. We've been to a few Final Fours after that. Uh, the last time we've been to the six, uh, Sweet 16 was actually in 2008. You know what I mean? Oh no, 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 no. The Elite Eight was in two thousand and eight. Uh that was the last time we was in the Elite Eight was in two thousand and eight. Um so now we got both USC and UCLA in the Elite Eight against number one seeds, Gonzaga and Michigan. And you know what? This is the crazy part about it. I was front I was front center watching that Michigan State game. Uh, which was a playoff game. That wasn't even a March. That wasn't even a March Madness tournament game. That was a playing game to go play against BYU. And I said, I texted the group chat and I said, "Man, we could beat. We could beat Michigan State." I was actually more nervous about Michigan State than I was about BYU. But I was like, in the middle of the game, I'm like, "Yo, if we beat Michigan State, we could beat BYU. We could beat them for sure." And lo and behold, we end up beating Michigan State. Um, it was a close one, as expected, but we end up going to play BYU. We end up beating them. Then we beat the Cinderella, well, potential Cinderella team in, uh, what is it called? Al- Abilene Christian University. Uh, we smacked them, as we should, because any team that was a higher seed than them should have been smacking them. It was a Cinderella team, you know? So then after that, I knew, when, I, once we got to Alabama, I'm like, yo, it might be an issue. And and please believe it was because their guard play was phenomenal. Even though their best player got in foul trouble early with back-to-back charge plays against the same player, shout out to Tiger Campbell, um, their guard play, their guard action was, and I think that's what, you know, I'm pretty sure that's why they felt like UCLA was going to lose that game because, we could not stop them from getting to the paint. We could not. And then they got a lot of second chances. Their, their bench outscored us. You know what I mean? Because they had when their, their, their star player had to sit down for a bulk of the first half because of foul trouble. But their bench came out. At one point, they were their bench scored like 24 points. They're like R6. You know what I mean? And that's what kept them in the game, uh, truth be told. Because if you really think about it, we shut them down. Just 10 less points, we got a comfortable win. But as you can see, this is why I, I consider this the best event, sports event 
uh, of all time is because even when we did, and it came down to a controversial out-of-bounds play where uh, the ball was dribbled off a a UCLA player's foot and then it grazed an Alabama player's shorts. And it was, and when I talk about, it was the smallest graze, but look, 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 I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. If that was in reversal, I'm like, they got a point. I'm not going to sit up there and say I'm I'm, I'm, I'm being um, biased or anything like that, but you've seen it. You've seen it. I thought that they were going to get the ball back to Bama because just UCLA's luck. 11 seed, you know what I'm saying? They might want to. To me, I thought it was going to be like, all right, these are the basketball guys saying they want to see a number two and number one matchup in the, in the Elite Eight. You know what I mean? So I assumed they was going to get a ball back to Bama. They didn't, though. You know what I'm saying? And it was a dog fight after that. We fought, um, Juzang, uh, he fouled out. Juzang fouled out with two minutes left. And I know he was sick. You know what I mean? Because that's one of our top offensive players for UCLA, and he was sitting on the bench not only for the remaining of the second half, which was two minutes, by the way, but a broken-down defensive play. And I know Cody Riley didn't want to foul or anything like that, but you got to contest. You got to be there. Like, you're all, you were the, he was defending the paint, and they only had a few seconds to get a shot off. And our man shot a Damian Lillard three, and he knocked that bitch down. That's March Madness right there. You know what I'm saying? So now, it's to me, it's all about momentum. And clearly in that game, there was momentum uh, shifts. And we we caught it at the last minute, but we allowed them to get a good sh- uh, shot off. And I felt like, damn, that might be it right there. Them tying the game, going into uh, overtime with momentum. But we pulled it out, though. We pulled it out. And, I, man, Jaime got heart, man. That boy got heart. You know, the, I think he's from Irvine, if I'm not mistaken. That boy got heart. He got heart, man. He really do. Um, we go into battle tomorrow against a team, and I, and I, I want to get I want to get back to, to to the matchup. So USC versus Gonzaga, and then UCLA versus Michigan. Let me tell you, I filled out 50-11 brackets. I do it every year, except for last year because we already know what happened. But I usually fill out multiple brackets. And shout out to Bree. <clears throat> I told her, like, yo, I pick Gonzaga damn near every year, like the last decade. <laughs> I pick Gonzaga, Michigan State. Like, I have my favorites that let me down all the time. Now, obviously, I didn't pick Michigan State this time, but <clears throat> I did pick Gonzaga to win in one bracket, and I also picked Michigan to win in another bracket. Because I had no, and the thing is, you got to watch these other teams. And sometimes I'm able to watch some of these other teams during the regular season, sometimes not. Sometimes you don't get to see some of the, most of these teams until the tournament. But some of the teams that, you know, that I've seen play, I've seen play in a regular season. I didn't see Bama play in a regular season at all. I just seen highlights. So watching their guard play, that shit was crazy. They was killing us going to the basket. We held it down, though. We held it down, though. So, no, I didn't pick UCLA to get this far, but now I'm here. Now I'm here. Yes, I would love to see Dewan Howard win, win a, a title for Michigan. We know how that means to, to, to black head coaches. 
We know what that means to the Fab Five. We know what that means to the culture in general. You know what I mean? I love Gonzaga. I've never had an issue with Gonzaga. They've always had solid players that come through there. Gonzaga and UCLA got history. You know what I mean? At the same time, UCLA and Michigan got a little bit of history. At the same time, though, even though I picked Gonzaga and I picked Michigan to, uh, in some cases, beat in the championship and winning uh, in, in, in different brackets, I'm for the city, man. And putting that rival shit to the side, I need USC to beat Gonzaga. I definitely need my Bruins to beat. I need them to beat. Hear me when I say this. I need them niggas to beat Michigan. Because I would love to see, I would love to see a USC versus UCLA Final Four matchup. It's just, it don't get no more perfect than, I, I wish that Oregon was in the uh, in the Baylor bracket or something like that to where they could, we could have potentially had three teams in the, um, three teams in the final four. You know what I mean? Like that, that would have been close to being perfect. You know what I mean? But this is how it's laid out. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for USC. I'm rooting for UCLA as usual. And I need, I need that. Cause one, if that was to happen, I go back to my blue and yellow side. And that's what it is. And the city needs that, man. We need that. Because we don't, like, again, we were supposed to get the Clippers and Lakers in the in, in, in Western Conference Final last year. That didn't happen. This would be the closest thing. Well, that would be the conference finals for UCLA and USC if they were to both make it to the Final Four to play against each other. And, and don't get me wrong, you, you, USC has been dominating their teams. They're, they've been dominating their brackets. You know what I mean? But... I need is this Gonzaga is a different type of beast. They're a beast every year. They just somehow fell us when it comes to like the Elite Eights, the Final Fours. You know what I mean? So I'm here to say, man, like we gotta step it up. I need I need I need Cody Riley to step it up in a major way. In a major way. You know what I mean? Uh everybody, JB. Johnny, Jaime, I need all of them to step up. Like, and again, they've been eating off of their defense. They've been eating off of their defense, even though Bama was dogging our guards. So we're gonna see, man. I mean, salute, salute to the city right now. Salute to South Central. Salute to Westwood right now. Um, it's looking good. It's looking good. Hopefully, both teams can carry that momentum into the next round, and we see two upsets. We see two upsets. Uh, let's get to some NBA right now, man. So, I mean, it took long enough. I had a pretty, I had a pretty good um, idea that we would end up with drumming and a payout, right? I like it. I really like it. That's what we've been waiting on. Now I'm a little greedy. We have one roster spot available. And the word is. We're looking for a 3 and D guy. Obviously, that's where the league is going right now. Like, we need you to lock down. And there's and, and let's be honest, there's no lockdown defenders in the league anymore at all. Far from it. You know what I mean? Um, there's great team defense. There's 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 moment there's there's moments where a team's gonna run. There's moments when teams rotate on defense very good. 
there's not really any lockdown defenders. There's actually better paint defenders than it is perimeter because it's difficult trying to trying to lock down these. You know, these guards are like any given year, any given season, one of these guards can win MVP. You know what I mean? But it's going to be pretty hard standing in front of, you know, all the, you know, the Stephs, the Dames, the Kyries, the, 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 uh, the Westbrooks, the, you know, the Kimbas. Like, you know, it's a lot of guards in the league that is hard to stay in front of, whether these cats got ball handling down to a, to a T that can shoot from the logo or just athletic and go by you. You know what I mean? So it's hard to, it's hard to point out a lockdown artist these days. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really see it. You know what I mean? Cats have moments, but they're not consistent with it. But at the same time, man, I felt like I'm a greedy Laker fan. And I don't care how everybody else feels because we was built on a different type of, we built different. You know what I'm saying? We built to win championships. So I know this year alone, cats need reinforcement. They're looking at the Brooklyns, you know, who has loaded up. I got something about that, man. I'll get to that in a minute. And one of my hot takes. Oh, it's not even a hot take. It's more of a, you know, sound off. You know what I mean? But Brooklyn did what they needed to do um, as far as, like, you know, trades and buyouts and shit like that. They are constructing a, a, a solid roster over there. KD is still out with no word on him. AD is still out. Braun is still out, obviously. Braun actually has a timetable to return. AD is somewhat still limbo. And so stopping the bleeding is what I needed, and that's just going out to get a rim protector. Somebody, and, and, you know, Drummond, who's putting up, what, 17 and 13? I need that. I need that. You know what I'm saying? I would love to see him, prior to AD returning, I would love to see him and Trez working together. I would love to see that. You know what I mean? Um, we should be getting a lot of boards. He's been a, the leading rebounder for the past, what, six, seven seasons or something like that. So I need that. You know what I mean? If anything that we need is definitely some rebounding. Um, but on the greedy side, I felt like I'm not sure if I would have went with Chubbs. You know what I mean? Cal Lowry, don't, don't get me wrong, solid player, but I'm not giving up my youngster, THT. Um... I'm definitely not giving up Schroeder. No, because he's actually the third best player on the team. I want to say, well, now he could, I mean, he could be the third player 1A, 1B with Drummond. You know what I mean? Because, like I said, Drummond's up putting up 17 and 13 a game. Um, but Schroeder is very important. You know what I'm saying? Former sixth man of the year, and he's putting up some buckets. You know what I mean? <laughs> So and 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 I and I feel like he runs the offense pretty well, but right now he's running the offense to where everybody has to be involved, and he's not force feeding it to AD or Braun. Well, we did stop the bleeding, you know. what I'm saying we're we're looking at two and four right now, without Braun and AD. We I just need them to maintain. I don't care where they end up in that eight. I just need them to maintain with inside that eight. That's it. You know what I mean. Uh, AD take as much time as he needs until I, you know, not, uh, hopefully he doesn't spill over into the first round. You know what I'm saying? Same thing with Bron. You know, I feel like Bron, 
could be back in three weeks, but they want to they they want to make sure them boys get some rest. And I dig that. I dig that. Same thing with KD. You know, KD could just be out there getting some rest. You know, because they're going to need that type of firepower. Unless you believe Harden is the answer for Brooklyn with just Kyrie, uh, but he just doesn't have Kyrie. They got they got Lamarcus over there. They got uh, Blake over there. So they over there moving. They over there moving. I would want to say this, man. I've been seeing, and shout out to the thread, you know what I'm saying? But not just the thread, though. Shout out to the chat, you know what I'm saying? And the the chat boys know who they are, you know what I mean? The chat chat really be going up because you got a lot of interesting fans up in the chat because they're all over the place. You You got, like, Kyrie fans. You got... It's not not too many Bull fans in there. You got some. Obviously, you got Laker fans in there. You got a lot of um, you got a lot of KD fans in there. You got a lot of Bron fans in there. You know, I mean, you got the old school Jordan and Kobe fans and shit like that. But I'm talking about as far as the new school, a lot of KD fans in there. So this is the thing, man. I, this is what I'm seeing online, and this is crazy. So again, I know Bron coming over to the Lakers, we're going to get double the attention, double the hate, right? Uh, double the praise as well, you know what I mean? It, it all comes together. Greatness with, with greatness is going to get praise, hate, and a lot of attention. So I just wanted to point this out. Nobody is taking away, or nobody is forgetting what Bron did when he went to Miami, right? And I, I've talked to every Bron fan I know, the, even the ones that, the ones that are damn near almost worse than MJ fans, to where it's like, <laughs> you know how they get, right? We've never forgot what Bron did. You know what I mean? Bron earned my respect when, not that he, needs my respect, but Bron earned my respect when he went back to Cleveland and won that chip. A lot of people feel like with Kyrie having a chip, like he's able to tell cats how it's done. And I can't really give him that. Yeah, he knocked down a key shot. That's cool. When you break down everything about that series, that shot was just a shot compared to what player was missing for him to hit that shot for the, for that scenario to even be what it was. Don't need to get into that. But this is the thing, though. There's this fascination of liking Kyrie because he goes against the grain. That's cool. You know how many artists that has died going against the grain? We get that. You know how many actors and actresses who's gone against the grain and, 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 and things like that stood up for rights, et cetera, et cetera. We get that. In some cases, it's cute, right? Kyrie Irving has come out and he has brought the attention to himself because of his personal views, the way he handles himself, et cetera, in the public's eye. Nobody asks for this. When you think of all the other players, I wouldn't even just put him in a box with just guards. But we know when you seek attention, 
what attention that you're seeking or why, I honestly don't know. You know what I mean? It's like, to me, Kyrie wants to get a message off, but nobody's asking him. You know what I mean? That's what it feels like. This has nothing to do with his gameplay. This has nothing to do with his IQ of the game. But when you seek attention for whatever reason, you don't like how things are going in the NBA, et cetera, et cetera. That's cool. I'm pretty sure there's players before and after him that felt the same way. Some have spoken up and he's speaking up, right? And I get that. Nobody has a problem with you speaking up about your personal views on how shit should be ran and things like that. But it seems kind of corny when you attack not just the media, or not even attack, but you reply to the media and certain fans about your personal views and how we, how we view you off those personal views. Honestly, I don't care. That doesn't stop you from being a weirdo. KD is the same way. So that's why when they pair together in Brooklyn, there's no doubt that people don't understand that these two niggas are weirdos. There's nothing wrong with being a weirdo. But what I'm saying is, if you're, if you're, how can I say this? If you're backing their side or trying to come to their defense simply because you don't like Bron or his fan base, that's weird in itself. You know what I mean? Like, that's just weird in itself. Again, I was the first one to say, yo, that Miami move. And I was also the first one to say, yo, I didn't agree with the KD move to go to say at the same time, I didn't care. I didn't jump ship like, well, I wasn't I also wasn't like an OKC fan or whatever. I'm a Laker fan. But there were some OKC fans where that was like, yo, I'm out of here. I'm not I'm not a fan base of this team anymore because or I'm not a fan base of KD anymore because he went to you know what I'm saying? Like, shut up. That's childish and stupid. You know, the same one that, oh, I'm a Shaq fan, so I'm not. Man, shut up. If you either a Laker fan or not, my nigga, pick. You know what I mean? Like, you niggas that just pick players and don't have a team. Like, how weird is that? But you, but you critique other teams. You know what I mean? Or unless your favorite player ends up playing for that, now that's your favorite team. I get it. Whatever. That's weird in itself. But the thing is... Like, we all knew or we all felt like KD's move was weak. That's because we compared him or we put him on a level that we probably shouldn't put him at. Simply as that. That's why I'm not really mad at it. Also, I understand that if you're going to be mentioned with the greats, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, et cetera, then you, the ring talk has to come into place. When you have that type, that type of talent, that is. So they're going to judge you off your playoff moments. They're going to judge you off your playoff records. They're going to judge you off of, off how many times you've been to the Western or Eastern Conference titles, um, title matchups. They're going to judge you off of how many rings you have. And if you were the main reason or co-reason that won these rings. Paul George is going to be in that same boat in a while. If the, if the Clippers find themselves in the championship game and they actually win the championship, 
he's going to be judged off of what he did in that finals. Because we know in a regular season, playoff P has always been in a regular season. But when you got to the playoffs, it was like more of what they call pandemic P. That's funny. But, I mean, he struggled or he had his he had bad moments. You know what I mean? I feel like there's... I feel like you're you're entitled to have a few bad playoff matchups. That's just like niggas think basketball players are even these superstars. These Hall of Famers are perfect. No, sometimes you just have a bad fucking uh fucking matchup, a bad round or whatever. Like shit happens. Injuries they happen. Now, you get held accountable for injuries because you got to take care of yourself. If you're a nigga that keep getting injured, niggas is going to hold that against you. Because nowadays, niggas don't care about that what if. They really don't. Even though I feel like it's a part of the game, if you swap certain players, this, that, and the third, you put him, if he was a quarterback for this team or he had a defense, that shit is, is, it holds weight in the argument. Now, we don't know the facts behind that because it never happened. But the thing is, that's what we bring to the argument. That's what, that's, those are hood arguments right there. Now, all the analytic creeps, they're going to find some way to make their best player or team one of the all-time favorites. It's not going to happen like that. It's not. As much as I want to fight for Penny Hardaway, to me personally, he's, a, he's, my one, he's one of my top five point guards. Now, if I made an all-time top five point guard list, he probably wouldn't be there. But my personal point guard list, Penny Hardaway is there, and he's better than most of these point guards in the league right now at his peak. But the fact of the matter is he didn't play long enough. You know what I mean? So it's like we have certain players that we critique a lot because they have a annoying fan base. Every fan base is annoying from the Jordans to the Kobe's to the bronze. All these niggas of fan base are annoying to somebody. The thing is one thing that you can't deny is their greatness. Michael Jordan dominated niggas. I call that nigga the boogeyman. Kobe Bryant dominated niggas. He is the epitome of killer instinct. LeBron James, fucking animal. This is the nigga that can do almost everything, including act. But the thing is, when you get to that level, we judge, we don't we stop judging you off of Well, I think the points per game still kind of matters. You know what I'm saying? If a nigga averaging 35 points a game, we still got to talk about that. But now it comes down to the jury. This nigga, Bron, can average 15, 10, and 9 for the rest of his career. But if he wins, if he wins another championship or a a couple after that, hopefully in the Laker jersey, that shit is going to be extremely undeniable. And so when we look at coming back around, so when we look at this Brooklyn squad, and yes, they're putting together some... I would say damaged goods, meaning that they're older, the Blake Griffins, the LaMarcus Aldridge, and I think the at one point the Laker fans was like, all right, I'll settle, I'll settle. You know what I'm saying? And we've been wanting LaMarcus for a while. We wanted LaMarcus back when Kobe was, was still playing, and it didn't happen. You know what I mean? We've always wanted LaMarcus. At the same time, it's like, 
There is an underlying beef between KD and Braun. Same thing with Kyrie and Braun. And for those two to team up, niggas want to act like, oh, they're not trying to take out the king. I, you notice I didn't even bring up, well, I had, I did bring him up, but I didn't even talk about James Harden. You know what I mean? I think James Harden just want to take pressure off himself. I don't think he want to be the guy, even though he's the leader in the MVP race right now, but isn't that strictly off of injuries? Because last time I checked, if neither one of these cats got injured, Embiid and Brown would be going head for head for the MVP. I got Joker up there too. But right now, it's definitely James Harden. And James Harden has led the Rockets. You know, he was the leader of the Rockets. Without him, the Rockets is mediocre. I wouldn't say mediocre, but, you know, he was, you know, for years before Russ got there, the main guy. You know what I mean? Then CP3 got there. That was supposed to help him get over the hump. Westbrook, the same thing. Now, Harden goes over there to Brooklyn where you got KD and Kyrie. Now you got three of the top offensive players in the league. And it's like, you know, cats are going to find those old tweets, KD. You know, everybody want to team up with the Lakers and the Heat. What happened to being competitive? Well, I don't know. You, What do you know about being competitive? <laughs> you know, when you went to go join Golden State. And so niggas want to bring up Braun, if you want to call it a flaw, so to make them feel better about defending KD and Kyrie. That's ugly. That's ugly. If we're going that route, both players is technically what you want to consider wrong. I don't care. I I guess I'm smart enough to understand that when you are compared to greatness, the Kobe's, the MJ's, again, at some point, it's just going to be about the rings. So them niggas made moves to go get the rings. He went to Miami to go play with Wade and Bosch. KD went to the team that beat him and went to go play with Clay and Steph. And that's just what happens. But why do we continue to measure cats on the same level as greatness when they're not actually doing that? So when you look at the routes, which one was which one was an easier route? Bron going to Miami or KD going to Golden State? I think it's a no-brainer. If you ask me, that Golden State beat Cleveland before. <laughs> you know, I'm just I'm just asking because I I see that I don't I, for some reason I think it's more hate towards the Bron fans. And again, those Bron fans can be annoying. But again, I have to sit up there and take some of that because Bron fans have to wear a Lakers jersey until he's gone. They don't have to wear it outside, but they damn sure are wearing it at home as long as they're fans of Braun. So I'm seeing it from their standpoint right now. But they don't know how to say, well, both of them is trash for those moves because, but they also comparing them to Michael Jordan. They also comparing them to Kobe Bryant. These are two cats who, well, for the most part, has played for the same organization. I don't know what the hell Jordan was doing over there with that Wizards jersey. Don't know. Anyhow, but you know where I'm getting. 
We got to stop doing that. All I'm trying to say is you don't have to, like, you, you're fine with just disliking some, a fan base. I do it all the time. I hate everything about Boston. I don't necessarily hate Boston fans, though, because I have a couple of friends that's Boston fans. They actually cool. But it's, 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 come on, bro. That's pretty corny. At this point, it's corny. There's nothing about, like, I, again, Kyrie game. Jeez. And stop comparing Kyrie to Iverson. I, I ain't going to lie to you. I'm just, I ignore it. When niggas do that, Kyrie is a much better player than Iverson. How? How? The numbers don't even show that he's better than Iverson. I don't even get that. The lead is damn sure not the leadership. And then what y'all do is sit up there and complain about the media. But then as soon as the media posts a, a, a picture with Kyrie's face and some words next to it or something like that, then y'all want to believe that. Or when, when a player says, you know, Kyrie Irving was a, was a great teammate over here in Boston. Then y'all want to go and tweet, but I thought it was Kyrie that was being, I thought he was the cancer. Everybody was saying, shut up. He probably was to certain players. Or he probably was to this, all right, he probably wasn't a cancer. He probably wasn't a cancer to you, but he was a cancer to the coach. That nigga wasn't getting shit right. He, he Obviously, they didn't get it right in Boston. So let's see if they can get it right in Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Because do y'all remember when Kyrie was the main guy over there in Cleveland before Braun came back? But he's better than Iverson. If I don't retweet it, just know I've probably seen it. I'm ignoring it. Because I think at this point, y'all just looking for attention. Same thing with KD. I mean, we hope KD can come back. And we kind of said it, though. When KD was coming back, we kind of said he wasn't going to be coming back as the same person. And actually, KD and AD injury actually scares me the most, both of them. Because I think it's something that they're not telling us. AD, a little bit, you know what I'm saying? KD, because I, we just don't know. At the end of the day, like I said, all these hitting are shadow Brooklyn fans now. It's ugly. I see it. But this is only because y'all beefing with Bron fans. That's what it is. I think it has, I think it's a little bit more to it. I think it's because it got the Lakers jersey on. I think it's easier. I think it's easier for you to point the gun at Bron because of the jersey. You know what I'm saying? But I don't think I don't think he can go to any team and be under the radar. I mean, it's LeBron James. You know what I mean? And I get it. That's Thanos right there. But are y'all beefing with y'all beefing with Bron fans just to back up Kyrie and KD? Make it make sense. And I'm not about to go through y'all niggas' uh, tweet history and find those KD KD week for going to Golden State and uh, I don't know what is the allure of Kyrie. Like y'all niggas is really weird for that. Point blank, and he's probably a cool dude in person, which some of you niggas will never know. Y'all just going off of headlines and videos. But I'm going to tell you this. If you're a fan of 90s basketball, early 2000s, don't sit up there and say, don't bring up Kyrie to me. I get it. Now it's more of a player's league. They get to do what they want to do, take control, et cetera, et cetera. Just don't complain. Don't compare him to other greats. 
Don't do that. Let him be let him be great in his own and in his own lane. See if he can keep building his empire of greatness inside the NBA without being compared to niggas who has already done it. You know what I mean? Point blank. Because look, if Brooklyn Nets don't win the championship this year, I want to see you niggas on Twitter. All right? So all you weird niggas that's following behind weird niggas just because you don't like weird niggas? <laughs> Bye, man. Shout out to UCLA, though. USC, I see you out there. Let's get to that uh, Final Four, baby. Open run with BTG. At me. Oh, no, wait. At Baylorism on Twitter. Niggas still suspended. <laughs>